Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing this afternoon? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special weekend edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this Saturday, December 11th, 2021. Now, we don't catch Sea uh, Reports too often on the weekends, but when we do, they are no tie affairs, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Mr. C. And I am quite happy to be here with you on this Saturday afternoon. We're doing a little bit of a catch-up here. I felt real bad. Uh, We had a pretty good show last night uh, for Mr. C in the Dark. And, you know, I've just been sitting here contemplating to myself about so many uh, things as far as uh, what I'm doing here and the directions that I want to go in. Well, I mean... We had to do a Saturday show today uh, because guess what? As you might see here on the screen, if you're joining us live here, we are live on uh, multiple platforms this afternoon. We got our technology back. Hooray. So I was like, well, while it's working, we're going to go live and uh, we're going to do uh, a Friday show makeup because I mean, Friday had a lot of good news. I had the entire report ready to roll. So we're going to do that here and now, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are ready for a rockin' report this Saturday afternoon. Doesn't happen all the time. We are coming to you guys live. So uh, very happy about that. And if you are on the podcast side of the show, well, fasten up your safety belts and uh, we'll get to you guys eventually. Um, I would recommend going back and checking out last night's Mr. C in the Dark, uh, because like I'm telling you, like, I have all of these thoughts in my head about, uh, where this is, I'm like, I'm in a very flux period right now for what I want to do creatively speaking. It happens every now and then whenever I'm working on, uh, uh, specific projects and, you know, they, uh, they exceed their trajectory, trajected lifespan, you know, um, but, uh, in the spirit of improving and making things better and getting more to the point of what it is I'm trying to do here to finesse it, I guess you could say, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, certain things go away and some things come back. Now, for example, some of you guys, uh, became accustomed to Lone Star News on Saturday afternoons. Uh, don't worry, guys. Lone Star News has not gone away. Uh, very still much involved in uh, sharing information, news, and current events about the great state of Texas, right? Uh, but, um, you know, uh, at the moment, flux. So, you know, even Mr. C in the Dark, we did episode 45 yesterday, 
and introduced that to the podcast fans. Little do they know, dun dun dun, that they've been introduced to the show. Um, I was also thinking about pulling the plug on that one uh, because you know, uh, just just creating all of these things, you know, and uh, I don't know if consolidation is the right word for that, but. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I have an idea. Uh, if you guys were hanging out last night, uh, I have an idea. I said, I'm looking for a universal idea that I can do. I can do all of this in and something came to me, uh, that is a good player for that role. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we will see. Because after all, I have already introduced the podcast episodes of Mr. C in the Dark to the podcast audience. Mm. Or have I? Anyways, okay, let me stop daydreaming about all that stuff so much, guys. I am, we're here to deliver a C report today, in case you didn't notice. (laughs) So we will get to you guys with some news and such. Actually, let me just say this at the head of the show. Uh, Today's stories are brought to you by... Just the News, The Gateway Pundit, The Epoch Times, Georgia Record, Wisconsin Politics, Axios, and Newsweek. Um, We're going to actually be pretty heavy on some of these major independents today. Just the News, The Gateway Pundit, The Epoch Times. Um, We're going to be pretty heavy on some of their stories today. Usually I like to go to the root sources uh, whenever I'm um, looking at some of these stories to share with you guys. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we got up for you guys today. If you haven't gone back and listened to episode 209, uh, which was Thursday's episode, I highly recommend it. Um, you, you are missing out on the conclusion of a story arc that we have been sharing here at the Sea Report. And that was... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Justice for Juicy story arc. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. At this point, it is over. Have we dropped it yet here at the Sea Report? No, we haven't. (laughs) But it was a great story Uh, because it wasn't great at all. I mean, like it was it was the most waste of time story uh, that anyone could have dreamt up for anybody. Uh, it was the most ludicrous and and brazenly amoral story. Like what? That story was ju- the entire justice for juicy thing. If I don't want to belabor the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell distraction cover up going on here with justice for juicy, um, we could be talking about ladies and gentlemen. He was just he was just creating the fodder for his next movie or or to sell the rights to Lifetime for the Justice for Juicy uh, mistrial uh, docu novella. (laughs) That's what that was all about. That's all we witnessed here today, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, at, at the conclusion upon taking a retrospect, which really, you know, 
we're only doing him the favor by doing that retrospect, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but something to share for sure with you guys. And uh, I had to, I had to, I was actually quite thrilled that um, <laughs> Breitbart still had the, still have the headline, guys. And I have to give major props to Breitbart for this, by the way. Uh, and that is that they also included in their headline. <laughs> Justice for Juicy, Juicy Smoulier found guilty in hate crime hoax trial. Okay, we're not going to read the article, guys, obviously, but props to Breitbart for including Justice for Juicy in their headline. That takes some major cojones. <laughs> Okay, guys, and with that said, we can put justice for Juicy to bed. We'll never have to say those words again. Uh, this is the only. This is the only other thing that I got out of the whole justice for Juicy. Okay, and that was uh, Newsweek presents this question: Jesse Smoulier verdict a disaster for Kim Fox. Prosecutor who let him off the hook. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Not that we're big fans of Newsweek or anything like that, but Kim Fox, right? She, the question should be asked. This uh, Tina Chen associate, right? And uh, Tina, Tina Chen also having left her, uh, what is that? What is that organization called? Times Up. Tina Chen has left times up also, but this was, this is actually also old news about Tina Chen, but this is a good question. Kim Fox, what is going to become of her? Why aren't they going to ask her the questions? Which would be, why did you let him off the hook in the first place, Tina Chen friend? Uh, let's see what the article says. I didn't, uh, let's see, let's see what she saith. We got, we got, we got President 45 in a picture down here. Donald Trump, Juicy Smoulier is a con man who just wanted his TV contract renewed. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should listen to this more than we should listen to uh, this article, right? <laughs> what do you say, guys? Oh, on the Ingram angle. Uh, is this new? This is probably old. I don't know, guys. I kind of want to hear it. Do you guys want to hear it? I kind of want to hear it. We're going to, okay. We're, we'll get to the article, but we want to hear what President 45 has to say about Juicy Smoulier. And I'm pretty sure this is old. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is old. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we will get some good sound fixing for you guys. And uh, let me know how the sound is doing over there on the interwebs. Uh, hey, Railanon, thanks for hanging out this Saturday afternoon at the Sea Report. Did we get good sound going? Let me make sure we got good sound going. I don't wanna. I don't want this to get mucked up on the first attempt. All right. Thank you for the gold pill donation, also, friend Railanon. And uh, okay. Let's see what this says, guys. I feel like this is going to be fun. All right, here we go. 
Donald Trump created an environment where, you know, hate crimes are on the rise. The only reason Jesse Smollett thought he could take advantage of a hoax about a hate crime is for the environment, the toxic environment that Donald Trump created. What he said happened to him sort of fit in with a narrative, not a narrative, but a, a reality for a lot of people in this country since President Trump was, was inaugurated. Back with me is former President Donald Trump. Mr. President, you just heard the left blame you back in 2019 for Jesse Smollett's uh, phony race attack. Of course, he was found guilty, five out of six counts, lying to the police. Your reaction uh, to your old foes there and the reaction to the verdict, more importantly, back in 2019. It's a disgrace what happened. Uh, he said MAGA country tried to hang him, that MAGA country was bad. And if somebody, if he were a Republican, if he were on the other side, he'd be in jail for 25 years for hate crimes, what he did or what he said. And he said they attacked him and they were two friends and they painted with house paint their faces white. And then they put red hats on like MAGA, Make America Great Again hats. And it turned out that they were they were caught and they admitted everything. And that this even went to trial, it's so crazy what happened. And he tried to get away, but the jury got it, and they got it strong, and he was convicted of almost all of the counts. And I'll, I'll tell you what— they tried to blame you uh, for this. Pre President Trump, well, they tried to blame you for this. Yeah, this is Rahm yeah. Emanuel. This, is, this was the yeah. Democrats. This is before the, the campaign really got kicking off for the 2020 campaign. But this was part of their narrative all along, that they wanted to tie the Republican Party— the Trump voters, you, to this rising white supremacy because, you know, they have no, they don't want to run on the issues. They have to run on, you know, fake race attacks. So we did better with African-Americans than we've done before. We did much, much better with Hispanics. The Hispanics, I mean, record numbers, as we just discussed. This was a, an absolute con job. He was a con man, and he wanted to try and get sympathy so he could have his contract renewed for his a ridiculous television series that so that didn't work out too well. And then on top of it, he, he got caught. And, you know, it's interesting. He wouldn't have been caught except that he pressed it all the way. He pressed it too far. He wanted apologies and everything else. And then the police yeah. came and they did an amazing job and they caught him cold and he deserves it. But this is a hate crime. Right. This is really a hate crime, yeah. sort of a hate crime in reverse. And he's not going to get away yeah. with it. Uh, Mr. Mr. Merrick Garland's not going to be pursuing anything on the federal level. But, Mr. President, um, I do have to ask about the Federal Court of Appeals ruling, a unanimous three-judge ruling against your legal team's request to withhold certain presidential documents from Congress's uh, January 6th committee. Now, a lot of legal uh, court watchers think that the Supreme Court will agree, will affirm what the Court of Appeals said here about the executive privilege and Biden's decision to release those documents your reaction tonight? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. Uh, if you look at the protest, it was a protest. The insurrection took place on November 3rd, which was Election Day. This was a protest, and a lot of innocent people are being hurt. A lot of innocent people are being injured. Uh, I would say the panel of judges that we're talking about didn't exactly like Trump. Uh, and if you look at the appointments, uh, you can figure that one out for yourself. But this was a absolute protest and people are being treated very, very unfairly. Their rights are being taken away from them. And the other side is not. You take a look at what's going on with BLM and Antifa, what they did in Portland and Minneapolis and Seattle, and nothing happens. But what happened, and by the way, people were killed. Nobody was killed here other than 
Ashley Babbitt, who was shot violently by a man that should not have ever been allowed to pull that trigger. Well, Liz Cheney is saying, Mr. President, Liz Cheney is saying you're just trying to hide and obfuscate in delay uh, because the documents released under this claim of executive privilege will be bad for you and for a potential presidential run. That's her point today in a tweet. Well, Liz Cheney is right now down by about 25 points in her district. She's losing to somebody that's uh, going to be a great congresswoman, and she's losing big in Wyoming, which was a great state for me. But she is losing so big because the people can't stand her. She wants to go to war with everybody, and everybody ends up – let, let everybody die as far as she's concerned. It's, she's a warmonger. She is a person who is absolutely, in my opinion, made a fool out of herself, and she's trying to lead. She's not a Republican, I can tell you. She's trying to lead this committee. Uh, Pelosi picked her and Kinzinger, two real beauties, and it's not working out too well. Are, the Republicans are, are being treated the very, Court very will, unfairly. We, are you so by the way, Laura, that Supreme Court said, is going to uphold put, the... Yeah, Laura, let me just say, okay. we couldn't even put a person on the unselect committee. We have Liz, Liz Cheney and Kinzinger, two people that should not be on that committee. We don't have Republicans on the, un, I call it the unselect committee of uh, Democrat partisans. It's ridiculous what's going on with that. It's just no, it's like not, Russia, 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 which turned out to be a hoax. It's just like impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, uh, the Mueller report. It's all a big hoax. But do you think this is, this seems to be their way of trying to prevent you from running in 2024? This is just part of the same thing, is it not? So it's going to end up at well, the Supreme Court. My question ends. was, yeah, do you think your nominees to the court are going to uphold your claim of executive privilege in this case? Well, I hope do you think they the court, do. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the biggest loser would be Biden, because if it ever changes, and I think it will, then he won't be able to use it with respect to Hunter and all of the things that are going on that are so terrible. So I would think that he'd want to see this upheld, frankly. I think it's very important for him. But And, you know, um, honestly, I have nothing mm -hmm. to hide. I wasn't involved in that. And if you look at my words and what I said in the speech, uh, they were extremely calming, actually. But uh, I would think that the Democrats would like to see it, and I think secretly they would like to see it upheld. Um, Mr. President, finally, your book is already a massive bestseller, 120,000 copies and flying off, uh, flying off your website. Why did you decide to write this now? And was there anything that you didn't put in the book that you wish you did? Oh, there I am. With well, you. now it's actually 150,000 copies, and it's, it is oh, doing sorry. really well. But really, it's a picture book, Laura. It's, it's a book of beautiful pictures, because when I look at what's going on now, and I've had so many people asking me to do it, when I look at what's going on now, our country has never been so embarrassed. Our country has never been so low. I watched that other fiasco a couple of days ago with Putin and Biden together and what was conceded and what was not said that should have been said. But you look at, at the Afghanistan disaster and you look at millions and millions of people coming in unvetted. They talk about vaccines and they talk about mandates. Nobody needs mandates or masks or anything. If you happen to come in through the southern border, it's a disgrace. What's happened to our country 
is a disgrace. Our military is being laughed at. I rebuilt our military. I rebuilt it to a level that has never been at before. And yet now they're laughing at our military because of what happened in Afghanistan. No, we wanted to do a book where we could show we had a beautiful time for four years, despite the witch hunt, despite all the horrible things they tried to do. Russia, Russia, Russia. You look at what's happened with Durham. Turned out to be a total hoax. Mm -hmm. It's a scam. And those people ought to pay well, a price for it. Well, Mr. President, we really appreciate you uh, spending so much time with us. We didn't even get to get into COVID, but next time. Congrats on the books. Good. Thank you very much, Laura. Thank you. Okay, cool. Well, you know, that interview was a little longer. You know, it went, it went to a bit more broader of a topic than Juicy Smoulier, but I'll take it. And uh, so we went ahead and played. So that was a new interview. Oh, Laura Ingram. The years have not been kind to her. And it's only been like a year since I've seen her last. But anyways, uh, I liked that interview. I like that interview. And um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. Hate hoax, right? Extraordinaire. We can put it to bed. Uh, cool that that was actually on here in this article. We'll wrap it up, guys, clearly. Now we know what the boss thinks about this entire situation. But as this article asks, will anything come of uh, this Kim Fox character? Will it, will it perhaps, will it perhaps uh, bring up even more evidence to the effect of, uh, you know, who, who all is involved with this hate hoax? Why was it... So important for Cory Booker and Kamala Harris to tweet about an anti-lynching bill, like, within an hour of each other when this happened. And also, as, uh, as they, they had mentioned, you know, as President Trump said, this going to court, as ridiculous as it was, showed all of the evidence Okay, that people actually do dream up, cook up these hoaxes, these false flags in the name of uh, some type of uh, political or social action. And then they think they can get away with it. But what they're doing is they are influencing, they are grooming a culture and a people and like President Trump said, this is a reverse of a hate crime, but a hate crime nonetheless. It's a hate crime in order to sustain, elongate, uh, I don't fuel, nourish the very idea that hate crimes exist. That in itself, ladies and gentlemen, is profound, okay? So like he said, it's a hate crime in its own way because it is, it is, uh, the words are escaping me, but it is basically prolonging the ability for hate crimes to have the psychological and social effects that it does on a society. It's a psychological operation. Oh my goodness. There is a concise word God out there. It's a psy psyop. It's a psyop and it's prolonging the very notion that they can use these hate crimes or terror, homegrown terrorism, right? I mean, if you think about what, you know, terrorism is, it's uh, violence 
in order to uh, push a political agenda, exactly what this is. Why wasn't Jesse Smollett's uh, friggin' uh, hate crime hoax considered a false flag on homegrown terrorism? Of homegrown terrorism. I mean, that's what it is. Okay. Um, but okay, so this is this was the whole point of that little spiel that I just said. The point here being that it goes to court, the evidence comes out, it happens. Now, in the world of politics and current events, I would say that the trial, I would say that the courtroom is to politics and current events what the scientific method is to science, right? Because you have to go test it. You have to go poke it, prod it, smell it, taste it, touch it. Yeah, And then you have to repeat. And then you have to do the reverse of that in order to make sure that the way that you did it is the right way. The scientific method, okay. They bring in all the evidence and facts and they put it in a little board and then they test it, poke it, prod it. In the courtroom... When you depose someone, when you get discovery, when you get evidence, all that stuff, that is their scientist, that is them gathering all their data and facts, okay? Then when they go to trial, they poke it, they prod it, they spit it out, they chew it, they ask it the reverse of the question, you know, they do the reverse. <laughs> so that's why, typically speaking, the bad guys, the, the, the left-leaning, the socialist, the communist, the progressive... The Democrat don't like things to go to trial because then they have to depose it and they have to discover it and they have to get all the factoids in a little bunch and then they have to poke it and prod it and chew it and spit it and distract it and reverse engineer it scientifically. So not only do we have the pleasure of seeing that these people do these things and it's provable. Thank you, Juicy Smoulier. Uh, We also get the names. So if they go after Kim Fox on this, guys, who has connections to Tina Chen, who has connections to uh, Kamala Harris, who has connections to the Obamas, you know, who has connections to Juicy Smoulier himself. Do we get to see... That there is some sort of, uh, I don't know, syndicate, some sort of uh, group of people that keep on being involved in all of these things, these same types of situations. And, and, then, and then politics is involved. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. If they go after Kim Fox and they ask her why... And she says, well, I talked to Tina Chan. I don't know. Let's see what this article says. Nearly three years after dropping all charges against Empire actor Juicy Smoulier. I know I would say I would say Jesse Smollett, but, you know, okay. Julie, Juicy Smoulier, Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox faced heavy criticism Thursday after Smoulier was found guilty of staging a racist and homophobic attack. Smoulier had originally stated that two men had attacked him in January near his home. Okay, we know all that. An investigation by the Chicago police, Chicago police soon began to encounter numerous holes 
yada, yada, yada. President Trump says it was a terrible hate hoax. The decision was derided by then Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Okay, so despite looming evidence against him, however, Fox and the state attorney's office decided to drop all charges against him in exchange for Smoulier performing community service at a turn youth gay organization. This decision was derided by the Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, I know it's Emanuel, who called the dropping of charge a whitewashing of justice. Fox additionally faced criticism from the Chicago police who maintained that Smoulier fabricated the event. Additionally, the Fraternal Order Police, Chicago's police union. Oh, sorry, guys, I didn't expand the... Allow me to expand the screen and we'll get the uh, heavy softener off the... (laughs) While the original charges were dropped, Smoulier was eventually indicted for a second time on six charges of disorderly conduct. Right, 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 right. We got all that. Good. So that brings us to the here and now... Okay, where they're going after Fox. In the aftermath of the verdicts against Smoulier, people took to social media to criticize the quickness with which Fox had dropped charges against him in 2019, as well as her handling the case overall. We had Dinesh D'Souza calling Fox complicit in the attempt to cover up Juicy's hate crime, even if they weren't charged or and found guilty for it. D'Souza also expressed anger that Fox had reportedly been coerced into dropping Smoulier's original charges by his former First Lady Michelle Obama. Both Fox as well as Smoulier have been claimed to have relationships with the Obamas. D'Souza was one of a number of conservative voices who called for Fox to face punishment. Ross Kaminsky, a Colorado-based radio host, also expressed his wish that Fox be prosecuted. Further calls on social media urge Fox to resign from her position, a sentiment that was also echoed in 2019 when she dropped Smoulier's charges. Despite the controversy, she was re-elected to her position in 2020. The prosecution did not offer significant comment after the verdict was announced, but reportedly told the gathered journalists that what happened speaks for itself. And then, of course, if you joined us on the uh, podcast Thursday... We played a clip from the prosecutor and the prosecutor was going on about the level of disrespect and elitism that Juicy Smoulier was doing in the courtroom, quoted to have said, defendants have the right to a free trial or, you know, the right to a trial, obviously, but they do not have the right to go into a courtroom, sit on the stand under testimony, which in itself is an entirely different, I mean, technically he's perjured himself because he went into that courtroom, Juicy Smoulier sat on the stand and smugly lied about every single aspect of this uh, trial, ladies and gentlemen. He went in there and lied, bold-faced lied, terrible actor, cannot even pull off lying in the court of law, okay? Uh, Isn't that your job, Juicy Smoulier? And, you know, if you guys went back and rewatched that interview that he... We played some of it, uh, that interview that he did shortly thereafter. 
You can see how bad of an actor this guy is when he can't even lie. He's all, they called me this. They called me that. Did I make that up? Hmm? Like, <sighs> terrible, guys. Terrible. Good afternoon, Curious Cat in the chat room says it would be a game changer, Mr. C, if they got involved. And this article's drawing them back to the Obamas. So, yeah, people are wondering what's up with that. We all know that Rahm Emanuel and uh, Barry Sotero are old Coke buddies, right? From Chicago. So, uh, these are good questions. So, all of a sudden... The juicy Smoulier trial here at the Sea Report goes from a ha ha ha, juicy Smoulier running around with him and Obimbo Bolo and their, you know, their, their twats in their hand in bathhouses to a very serious story, guys, where we have, uh, and, and the prosecutor said himself on Thursday's episode, episode 209, in case you missed it, go check it out on the podcast. The prosecutor himself said that, uh, you know, in addition to him just lying, you know, outright lying, that uh, it was a waste of time and, and money for the Chicago Police Department. And uh, people thought that they were just, he was just going to get away with this, Okay. People thought he was just going to get away with this. They didn't think that he would actually sit in court and all of these facts be brought up. It was a blatant hoax, ladies and gentlemen. And Juicy Smoulier and Obimbo running around basically just writing their next docu-novel for Lifetime TV to buy the rights to... Uh, it's terrible, guys. But but he said in regards to the perjury, the prosecutor said in regards to the perjury, he was like, well, typically when a uh, suspect or a defendant is found guilty on five counts of six, they don't go after the perjury because clearly the jury was not dumb enough to fall for his lies, okay? Like, it was an insult to their intelligence that Juicy Smoulier could go up there and say the things that he did. And so why are we so long-winded on this Juicy Smoulier case here at the Sea Report when we have the Ghislaine Maxwell trial happening now? I think that we've done our uh, just diligence, ladies and gentlemen. I think we've done our just diligence constantly hammering on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. There's a lot of facts about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. There should be massive amounts of people outside the courtroom in New York right now. There should be like a, you know, it should be like a COVID freaking anti-vax passport rally outside it should be that side outside of Ghislaine Maxwell's trial right now there should be people out there you know I'm actually also surprised that the independent media is not out there maybe I will find out how much a plane ticket to New York is right now and I will stand outside the Ghislaine it's gonna last four more weeks y'all 
It's going to last four more weeks. But guess what's going on? We'll talk about that tonight. We're, I mean, maybe we'll just get onto that topic right now. Since we're going on to this Ghislaine Maxwell trial, we're going on to no one out there. You know, no one's standing out there. I mean, obviously you can't get in. Okay. I'm sure my credentials could not get me into that courtroom. Plus, I'll probably have to have a vaccine passport. Plus, I'll probably have to have proof of vaccination. How convenient, Governor Kathy Hochul, that you are going to go ahead and uh, require masks under penalty of a fine uh, during this uh, entire Ghislaine Maxwell debacle. Uh, I don't know. Tickets might be cheap enough, but I don't know if you do, do. Are you required to have a vaccine passport to fly into New York? Is that a place that we want to go to right now? New York and California are two places you probably don't want to go. Chicago, Illinois, probably another place where crime is just escalating off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. And now this situation. Okay, all right. We're getting a we're opening a lot of hats here. We're opening a lot of circles here, you guys. Right? I just opened a lot of circles. We'll try and close them all before the end of the show. We don't circle back, but we do close our circles. Okay, we got through this Kim Fox. You know, we mentioned Ghislaine Maxwell, and that is that was the ticket here, guys. But it just so happens that you know we will be talking about Governor Kathy Hochul today. Uh, from New York, we're, we're shifting from Nipple Rings Cuomo to uh, Gremlin Hochul. <laughs> Is that going to be her nickname here at the Sea Report? Now, we get a little snarky sometimes here. Um, uh, we, we, like, we, like to, we like to take it down. We like to take it down a... Uh, we take, we take it down a, a vibrational field or two, and we talk about the physicality of some of these people, okay? Then we raise our, we rise our vibrations again, and we get back to talking about events and uh, occurrences uh, as opposed to people, right? People, talking about people is a lower vibrational thing. Talking about events and, and, and uh, occurrences, that's a higher vibrational type of thing, in my opinion, but we take it down a vibration notch or two, and we'll talk about Governor Gremlin Hochul. <laughs> I think I just discovered we had Nipple Rings Cuomo was the governor of New York. Now we have Gremlin Hochul. Okay, that's her name now, guys. We have officially christened her. Christened her. Ka Governor Kathy Hochul of New York has officially been christened Governor Gremlin Hochul. Because she looks like the female gremlin from Gremlins Part 2, guys. Go and look. Okay, do I have to pull up a picture? Do I need to pull up a picture? We weren't going to talk about Gremlin Hochul next, but we'll talk about Gremlin Hochul. Bam! Okay, <laughs> you want to talk about Gremlin Hochul? <laughs> we will talk about Gremlin Hochul. Ladies and gentlemen, um, because of New York. Because of New York, because we have the Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on right now. And we have all of these sad distractions like Juicy Smoulier, like the, uh, like, uh, whatever happened to the uh, suicidal, the suicidal progressive privileged 
man, Caucasian man, at the United Nations. Did, did we get a follow-up to that? Or was that just to take Ghislaine Maxwell out of the headlines? We are watching the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media create headlines in order to hide headlines. They are creating news in order to mask the news, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see what I just did there? News mask. Is News Mask talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Now, there's a lot of factoids out there about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, okay? But we are, we are following it as it goes along. Now, let's not forget, guys, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is a six-week trial, okay? Now, some people are out there saying, oh, it's already almost over. They're, they already talked to all the accusers. No, ladies and gentlemen. It's moving along quick. We're in week two, okay? And we're already at the fourth accuser. We're actually going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell today later on in the show. I've got, sh- I've got stories for you. We are doing our just diligence and we are covering these stories. <clears throat> but there's no mass protests outside of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. There's no patriots. This is the, this is the moment, ladies and gentlemen, that we've been work, working for. This is the biggest human trafficking trial that's going for six weeks, Okay. It's not over once the accusers are done. That's why I keep asking the question, what are they going to be talking about for the next four weeks if they're already done with the four accusers? What is on the table in this trial, guys? Why are there not independent news organizations standing outside? Okay, I don't have the funding to do it. But if I did, I would. Okay, I would go. But then then there is the question, Governor Gremlin Hochul of New York, do I need a vaccine passport to enter your fair city? Because apparently I need a mask, okay? Because the moronic variant, the Omicron, the the, uh, Decepticon variant is doing so well in your city of New York, which is dangerous to be in right now from what I understand. Because I could be walking down a sidewalk in New York right now and I would probably get mugged because I don't have a mask on. And then they would say Black Lives Matter. And then the National Guard would come assist me because... All of the police officers are going to Florida to work because they don't want to get vaccinated. That's what I'm talking about, guys. That is the level of idiocy. Is it fair to call it idiocy? Should I call it something else? I could call it uh, this level of dream world dwelling that we're in i don't know guys like but here we have governor hochel gremlin hochel story coming from uh the gateway pundit okay the gateway pundit new york governor gremlin hochel 
imposes statewide mask mandate. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, so you have to wear a mask or you face a criminal penalty of $1,000. Ladies and gentlemen, New York Governor Kathy Hochul imposes statewide mask mandate. Violators face criminal penalties, $1,000 fine. There's Governor Gremlin Hochul. Gremlin Hochul. Hashtag Gremlin Hochul. All right, let's pick it up a vibration or two. It says courts may have temporarily suspended the Biden administration's vaccine mandate, but tyrannical lawmakers are doubling down on the assault on medical autonomy in blue states around the country. Gremlin Hochul reinstated the statewide indoor masks mandate on Friday, warning New Yorkers who fail to comply with the mandate that they will face a $1,000 fine. So I guess the question is now, hell, I'd go and do it either way. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. I would be like, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm from Texas. We don't do masks down here. I just had, I just had COVID-19 for the 11th time. Okay. <laughs> I am still alive and well and kicking, ladies and gentlemen. This is ridiculous. Okay. Gremlin Holchul warned New York would require another lockdown if its residents failed to wear the mask in all indoor venues. The only thing the masks are good for, and this might not even be 100% true, but the only thing masks are good for is hiding coffee breath. (laughs) Forget to brush your teeth this morning? Wear a mask. No need to worry about the good old brush anymore. So, okay, so this goes into effect on December 13th. That is on Monday. Okay, that is ridiculous. Why does this woman have a tea bag on her face? Is this double entendre on the part of our uh, <laughs> podcast viewer, uh, podcast listeners, in case you're wondering why I just said that? There was a graphic of a woman with a tea bag on her face, okay? All right, so I don't just say things to say things like I just don't make up news to make up news. The governor claimed, okay, let me go ahead and expand this again. The governor claimed overreaching mask and vaccine mandates implemented in New York City under Mayor Bill de Blasio are effective and the rest of the New York state should follow suit. This is so, so ridiculous, guys. Overreaching mask, whoops, sorry, mandates implemented in New York City. Okay, so yeah. Maybe that's why no one is standing outside the uh, trial. You would think that there would be a massive amount of Q people, at least. I didn't say Q anons. I mean people who listen and, and followed Q. Just like it happened when they were raiding, not raiding, when they were uh, rallying at the CNN uh, headquarters building and, you know, when they were in Los Angeles with the, uh, with the uh, end human trafficking, stop human trafficking That's what should be happening outside with Ghislaine Maxwell right now. 
ladies and gentlemen. That is what should be happening. Why is this not happening? You know, anyways, the uh, rest of this article seems to go into the non-effectiveness of these masks. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we live in the world at this. If you are listening to this broadcast for the first time and you are listening to this podcast for the first time, you are listening to a podcast that lives in the world, okay, where this entire coronavirus 19 pandemic was a propaganda manufactured scare, okay, that that has some has some relevance to reality such as COVID-19 being a real findable disease but that still has not been isolated which is where you really get to the proving grounds of viruses and bacteria and diseases. Once you isolate the specimen, that still has not been done to this day, okay? So we live in the world where COVID-19 is a real generic name for a disease. You could, you could slap COVID on anything, and then as long as you put a variant or a number, the year of its discovery on it, you know, I guess you're good, okay? And you can call it a real disease. Uh manufactured in part by elements in our government, paid for in part by taxpayer dollars. That's the world we live in here at the Sea Report because that world accurately reflects the data that has come across my desk, okay? And not to mention, you know, uh, the data of the psychological operations that are still being run on people and we have individuals like Gremlin Hochul, who is uh, basically complicit in creating these crises, right? And then, after that, trying to create an answer to the crisis that they've created. That's the world we live in here, guys. That's the real world, okay? That's the real world. That's the speak. That's the speech you're going to hear here if you're listening to this podcast for the first time. And I have to keep acknowledging the podcast audience because it's growing. And uh, a lot of you guys might be hearing this kind of information and or speech for the first time, which is exciting, that you are hearing it and, and receiving it, whether you agree with it or not. Well, you know what? I respect that you have the capacity to find that out for yourself. And I respect that enough about you as a free moral agent. You're not going to just take my word for it, obviously. But uh, that is the world that we live in, guys. There is an entirely different world out there, and we're going to give you a no-holds-barred, genuine, you know, viewpoint and and inlet to the way of, to this world. A lot of you people probably don't even realize that this world exists. There is an entire culture, an entire population. I couldn't even say subculture at this point. I think it's probably one of the dominant cultures of individuals who live in a world that don't even think 
about what the television and the radio mainstream outlets and venues are saying. Don't even consider it. Don't even consider, oh, what? There's this COVID pandemic. What? Don't even consider, oh, there's this new variant. Don't need, they don't even live in that world. Welcome to this world, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our world. We exist. That's why, uh, that's why entities like myself can sit here and talk and speak the way that I do. Because we are coming to you guys from an entirely different world, an entirely different plane where free thinkers are able to express themselves in a way that maybe you forgot about or didn't think was possible anymore or just doesn't exist. People don't think like this. What are you talking about, Mr. C? People don't think like that. They think like we think. Yeah. They want us to think like they think. They want there to be a severance between your own original, unique, genuine thought and what they want you to believe. That is the crux of what is going on here. So welcome to this stream on the Sea Report. Coming to you live. Podcasting soon. Um, Governor Hochul. Gremlin Hochul. And this reinstating the mask-wide mandate, even indoors, is ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. But I didn't need to tell you guys that. Speaking, speaking of uh, masks... Of masks and mandates, right? We'll we'll talk about someone else with their mask mandates, right? We'll jump over to this story for you guys this afternoon. Chief Justice Roberts rejects bid to block mask mandate on planes. Here's another reason why I'm not going to go to New York. But um, this is this article is coming to you guys from the Epoch Times. Just in case you were curious about it. Uh, This is another big thorn in the side of everyone and everything that exists. Okay. Not only do you have to take your belt and your shoes off at the airport. Not only do you have to uh, expose yourself to radiation and feel like a criminal in a theater. That is as real as uh, professional wrestling, professional, uh, professional, barbaric, man-on-man, violent soap operas. That is a professional. That is a profession, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to uh, exert that type of uh, display. Okay, we're talking about the TSA here and and professional wrestling at the same time uh, as being an, an analogy, right? Okay, we have to deal with that hoo-ha and we have to deal with the masks on the plane, which makes absolutely no sense. 
this is this is something else we all know here, okay, as a common fact. But uh, this article about uh, John Roberts, Supreme Court Justice, we all have our own thoughts and opinions about John Roberts, right? We won't expand into that this afternoon. But it says here, a Supreme Court Justice John Roberts rejected a lawsuit that sought to block the federal government mask mandate on planes. A Florida man, Michael Seklecki, Seklecki, made an emergency request on behalf of him and his four-year-old autistic son, arguing they are not physically capable of wearing masks for extended periods of time. According to court papers, another plaintiff, Lucas Wall, joined their efforts Wall said he is stranded at his mother's residence in Florida because the mask mandate prevents him from flying on a plane. According to court documents, the pair filed their lawsuit against the Transportation Security Administration, which enforces the mask mandate. The TSA has produced no evidence showing that face masks are effective in reducing COVID-19, especially now that most Americans are fully vaccinated, according to the complaint. In fact, Masking has been totally ineffective in reducing coronavirus infections and deaths, it added, referring to the CCP, the Communist Chinese uh, Party virus that uh, that causes COVID-19. What's more, they argued, it is the in public interest to prevent discrimination against travelers with medical conditions who can't wear a mask. Oh, sorry, guys. Again, I didn't expand that article. My bad. Also, according to the emergency request, the four-year-old boy cannot wear a mask and must fly regularly for specialized medical care out of state. It also stated that the boy's father, who also medically can't tolerate wearing a face covering and must uh, accompany the child on flights to Massachusetts and back for his son's medical care. Okay, so that's all that. Okay, we faced all of that, guys. We have faced all of that. Again. Okay, in addition to uh, Gremlin Hochul, we got uh, Chief, Chief Justice Roberts backing up, you know, and it's it's very annoying, guys, living in this reality. These two separate realities, that is exactly what this is. We have two separate realities. We have the reality of the maskless and the reality of the masked. Two separate programs playing out, you know, And I get where people are frustrated about it. You know, people get frustrated about it undoubtedly with every reason to, but I mean, the airplane and the, uh, as, as necessary as it is for some individuals, the airplane and the, uh, public, uh, public ride that way. It's um it's it's um it's a microcosm. Okay, it is a microcosm. But it is a microcosm as I was saying because uh it's it's just like a symptom of everything. You know, it's a symptom. It's a symptom. Uh what you see at the airport is a symptom like with the TSA and the stripping of our uh stripping of our uh our rights and stuff. You know, our our uh our right against unreasonable search, you know, among other things, when we're talking about um, the TSA and when we're talking about them taking all of these things away from us, you know, it is most definitely that. And 
these symptoms are symptoms of our, uh, our, our freedoms being stripped away. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. Now, the whole mask thing takes it to another level. And we can look at like the airports. We can look at the public transportation. We can look at New York and Los An- and, and California as being canaries in the cold mine. You know, symptoms of, of a bigger problem is what I'm getting at. But uh, we will continue to live in this world. And uh, a lot of us are still resisting. You want to talk about resistance? You, now, we're, now we are anti-establishment again here at the Sea Report with the hope that uh, there is some type of uh, some type of administration willing to actually work with the people that's representative. Good afternoon, one two three SKG. Thank you for gifting the can over at the uh, Pill.net and Foxhole.app platforms. Appreciate your company this afternoon. We're doing a uh, we're doing a Saturday Sea Report, guys. One two three SKG does say dehumanizing experience. Really dislike airports. Yeah, from from the cattle, the cattle herding. You know TSA get naked. You know uh, and 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 uh, show your papers. No, they haven't gotten that bad. Maybe in Governor Hochul, Gremlin Hochul's New York. It's a show your papers kind of moment, but it hasn't gotten that bad around the country. But we're, we're used to it now. Can you imagine a time when uh, they will simply rely on really good metal detectors to detect if they're hiding knives in the, uh, you know, chest pocket of their armpit and box cutters instead of making a stand in front of these... Uh, What are they called? X X uh, X ray machines, right? That really don't do the job that they need to be doing. Okay, so there's that, guys. Uh, dehumanizing indeed. Okay, dehumanizing indeed. Let me pull up my notes here real quick and see where we're going. We're not. We're we are an hour in, and we still have we still haven't hit our two big stories for today, and we're still going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. Thank you guys for joining us uh, here at the Sea Report on this Saturday afternoon. If you're live with us on the podcast, thank you also for being with us tonight, today, I should say. Um, and uh, for continuing to listening, don't forget anchor.fm slash the Sea Report. Or if you are on the podcast, conversely speaking, head over to thecereport.com and find your ticket. Find that live stream platform that really suits your needs. Um, if you want to get in on some of the conversation action, hop on over to the foxhole.app or pill.net. There are a lot of friendlies over there, guys. And, and uh, so I tend to include that community in the, the uh, live stream broadcasts more because you get less trolls in fact, there's almost zero trolls over there. That's not an invitation to trolls by any means. <coughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is you have a, a group of people who are more civil and will engage in actual productive discourse for the purposes of this uh, broadcast. 
as opposed to distracting or non-productive uh, discourse that I can include here comfortably in the live stream and podcast. So thank you all over there for being with us if you are. Um, but otherwise, you know, we are also on Twitch and Clout Hub. Those would probably probably be the next two uh, platforms I would recommend, followed by Trovo. Get yourself on it. Uh, for the, um, Twitch side of the platform, you know, we run commercials over there now, I think at the head of the show, if you're tuning in, I'm still trying to figure it out, guys. I'm a one man band over here. So forgive me if I'm not as, uh, technically astute as some of you people out there are, but thanks guys for dealing with it. Okay. So let's get back in here. I feel like I'm missing a story that we were going to talk about, but let's just keep moving on, actually. Let's just keep on going. Oh, okay. This story, guys. Okay. For the next story, we have to do this proper. All right. So here, guys. I'm going to do this every now and then. Let's see if this strikes your fancy. If you are uh, if you are on the podcast side, you'll catch this also. Here we go, guys. Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rhino, the Rhino Report. <laughs> I don't know what to call that on the podcast. We just played a stupid little uh, video of uh, rhinoceros, rhinoceri. <laughs> the Rhino Alert, it's rhino hunting season. Anytime you hear that music, we will be talking about rhinos, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that's about as good as we can do here at the Sea Report. So uh, there you go. Let's see what this is about, though. This article is also coming from the Epoch Times. Alabama Republican Senate candidate and honorary... Oh, wait, that's just a picture. The uh, article reads, Five GOP senators donate to opponent of Trump-endorsed Senate candidate in Alabama. Okay. So we're gonna we're going to name those uh, senators. We I mean we really should have maybe I need to get with Skeeter Burke about this. Skeeter Burke said she was good with uh, said she was good with uh, with uh, um, Excel sheets and stuff like that. And and uh, I can get her to make a list of all the rhinos and their offenses. Okay, so we can see multiple times like we just did a list of like what forty rhinos on the last episode. If you guys were here with us hanging out on the podcast side, because we weren't live, we weren't live on the live streams for the last episode, but we, we do, we did podcast it and we did a list of like 40 rhinos, right? That voted to uh, have a virus uh, vaccine database. Okay. Well, we've listed the rhino after rhino after rhino. Oh, we can even get to state house rhinos. We don't even have to just talk about federal rhinos. We don't have to talk about the ones that go to Washington, D.C. We can talk about the ones in your state as well. Like, Texas is full of rhinos. Like, they're all rhinos, basically, in our state house. Not just our, not just our, our, our federal representatives, our state representatives. We can do that too, guys. Um, but yeah. And just so you guys, the podcast know, again, Skeeter Burke is not a figment of my imagination, okay? She is a real human being. That pops in and out of uh, 
the C chats every now and then and uh, is great company. Five GOP senators donate to opponent of Trump, endorsed Senate candidate in Alabama. Let's see what this is all about. We'll expand that here for you guys. Five Republican senators donated a total of $25,000 to Senate campaign of Katie Britt, the primary opponent of the Trump-endorsed representative Mo Brooks. Done, done, done. Britt served as the chief of staff for Senator Richard Shelby, whose seat she and Brooks are now vying for. So we have two Republicans going after Mo Brooks's seat. Well, this should make it easy for Brooks if all of the America First people go and vote for Brooks and then the rhino opposition has already split their ticket. Okay, so that's good. But we have five, count them five, Republicans, conservatives, rhinos, who have endorsed or supported, donated, basically endorsed. If you're giving $25,000 to a Republican uh, individual who is against an America First candidate, you've endorsed them. Five Republican senators have done this, okay, in Alabama, given $25,000 to defeat Mo Brooks. What is up with that? Rhino alert. Do I need to play this? Do I need to play the video again? Rhino alert. Okay. <laughs> Britt served as the chief of staff for Senator Richard Shelby, whose seat she and Brooks are now vying for. Okay. She announced her run for Senate in June, two months after former President Donald Trump endorsed Brooks. According to the Federal Elections Commission records, first reported by Politico, the Political Action Committee's four or five GOP senators donated to Britt's campaign. Senator Michael Crapo of Idaho, Senator Deborah Fisher of Nebraska, Senator James Inhofes of Oklahoma, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa, and Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we have their photos. Of course we do. This is the C Report. What did you expect? Let's go. Let's go. Let's take a look at them. Let's take a look at the rhinos. Are you ready, guys? Yes, the rhinos, guys. Here we go. We have, uh, who's our first one here? Michael Crapo. Michael Crapo. That is his name. His name is Crapo. <laughs> he is a Republican senator out of Idaho. Okay. I think the only name that really surprised me here was James Inhofe. Why do I feel like that guy was trying to do something good? But now he's not. So we have Michael Crapo of Idaho. We have Deborah Fisher of Nebraska. There's Deborah Fisher. <laughs> she looks like a lovely one, doesn't she? <coughs> so we have Deborah Fisher of Nebraska, Senator Republican, Rhino. This is James Inhofe of Oklahoma. He looks like a friendly one. That is for sure. Joni Ernst. This is Joni Ernst of uh, Iowa. 
Joni Ernst. Right? Okay. <laughs> and then finally we have... Uh, Shelley Moore Capito. Shelley Moore Capito. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I would say there's probably a little more to Shelley Moore than meets the eye. I'll be nice. But I'm getting I am getting strong Michelle Luhan Grisham vibes from Shelley Capito Moore. Okay. And I could show you the pictures. She kind of looks like the actress who played the mother from uh, from Six Feet Under. I actually liked that show. Six Feet Under was a really good show. Um, but there you have it. Those are the five rhino senators, ladies and gentlemen, who are bidding, literally bidding against a pro-Trump America First candidate. So that is a little bit uh, disappointing, but uh, we shall remain grateful that these people are exposing themselves, basically. And uh, that is what is going on here, and that is what's keeping us happy. Um, Because it makes our job easier moving forward, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, as we check these things out. Very good, very good, very good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Yeah, we got a lot going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot going on. Okay, so that is actually going to take us to uh, the meat and potatoes of today, guys. This is kind of what... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, we got we got the names. Okay, we don't need to finish. I think we're done. We just need to... We need to bring out who those rhinos really are, guys. We don't need to talk about Cocaine Mitch. We've talked, of, we've talked about him at large lately. Um... So, again, before we wrap up that story... Katie Britt, okay, again, is the name of the person running against Mo Brooks. Okay. Katie Britt. Trump has already talked about her. Interesting. In a statement in July, it says, he said that Britt is not qualified. I see that the rhino senator from Alabama, a close friend of old crow Mitch McConnell, Richard Shelby, is pushing hard to have his assistant fight the great Mo Brooks for his Senate seat. She is not in any way qualified and is certainly not what our country needs. Wow. So he's already going after her. He already went after her. And then we also have uh, Senators Tommy Tuberville, apparently, and Flimsy Lindsey Graham. They went after, they went to a fundraiser for the same person. So all of these people are coming out. 
Graham says he likes Katie Britt a lot. We already knew about Graham, though. I mean, to be 100% honest, we did, guys, didn't we? Okay, we already knew Graham is a snake in the bush. A snake in the grass, a snake in the bush. And Tommy Tuberville. May the rhinos consider continue to expose themselves, ladies and gentlemen. May the rhinos continue to expose themselves. And yes... Absolutely, I would have to agree with 123SKG, 1,000% Cornyn needs to go. We just uh, talked about Cornyn a few episodes ago. John Cornyn, father of Juneteenth, right? Uh, Agent provocateur of uh, the 1619 Project, John Cornyn. Takes money from BlackRock. He needs to go. Yes, indeed. Here, we'll, we'll play this for uh, John Cornyn, 123SKG. The C-Report is 100% listener-supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with The Sea Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support. Become a monthly donor when you go to anchor.fm slash the sea report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the sea report website where you can help sustain future episodes of The Sea Report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. Get used to that, ladies and gentlemen. Anytime we have a rhino on the screen, that is going to pop up. Okay. Now, this is what I want to talk about today, guys. This is why we're here... This is important, okay? Now, Ghislaine Maxwell, yes, we are going to close the circle on Ghislaine Maxwell today before I get off air. It is guaranteed, okay? For those of you who are in it for the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff, we will talk about it. Again, there should be massive, massive rallies at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial right now. We have four more weeks, guys. Let's get some bodies out there. Let's bring some attention. Let's make the media not be able to ignore this trial anymore. We're not hearing anything about this trial, guys. On the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy, media, outlets, and networks. Uh, And as I've said already, there's a lot of great factoids and great knowledge out there surrounding the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and surrounding Jeffrey Epstein and their human trafficking network. It's already out there. You can find shows and broadcasts that talk about it. You can find, uh, you know, uh, podcasters and content creators that uh, go into great depths about these things. Um, But we're following it as it's happening in the courtroom, to the best of our ability. And uh, like I said, week two ending, we have four more weeks of a trial, and we have a lot of stuff going on right now. 
We have the media creating yarns of stories in order to cover the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And could the Ghislaine Maxwell trial just be there to distract us from the election fraud that is coming out in droves? Like, literally, guys, if the mainstream news was pushing these stories about election fraud coming out and the evidence of it coming out, why certain independent journals will not even talk about the goings on like they can't even mention what's going on okay they can't even mention what's going on the least they could do is mention what's going on okay they could at least report that who what where and when happened do they have to talk about why no they don't have to talk about why But they could at least mention the who, what, where, when, and the how, maybe, of these stories. They don't have to talk about the why. They don't have to talk about why, who, and what did when, or who and how, or who did how, what, where, and when. They don't have to talk about why they did it. But they could at least talk about what happened, who done it, how it was done. And when it was done, okay? But they're not, okay? We're talking about outfits like the Epoch Times, okay? They don't talk about the who, what, where, and when of a lot of what's been going on with election integrity. They have a nice little election integrity, like, uh, subsection or category. But they don't talk about... They're not talking about this uh, story about um, the, uh, the Wisconsin voter roll audit, that just happened, okay? They're talking about, uh, you know, a report on an audit that came out of left field from a supposedly right-wing organization, which was there basically just to quell any newsworthy headlines from this voter roll, you know, hearing that just took place. Why aren't they talking about... If these people were talking about the who, what, where, and when and how of some of these stories and not the why, but they have to keep election fraud out of the circuit, the new circuit, which is exactly why on venues like YouTube now, you're getting kicked off about COVID-19? Not anymore. Now, just that. Now they're going hard on election fraud reporting. They won't even let you talk about stories that are happening that are real. And they're not even they're not even checking it with a uh, the, this has been this has been fact checked. They're not even giving a, a warning about it. They are just removing the content. They are just taking it off, ladies and gentlemen, which is why we are looking for other holes to plant our seeds here at the Sea Report. And we're going to do it. We're doing it now as you as we speak. You may not notice it, but uh We are planting seeds here and hither and thither in other places. And uh, it's going to get out there, guys. It's going to get out there. But if they did, the entire United States of America would be privy to information that would totally change their opinion and viewpoint about the possibility of election fraud. 
So tonight, to, to, I keep saying tonight because that's when we usually do the C-Report. So today when we're talking about this election fraud in Wisconsin, what was going on? People would be like, whoa. Same thing with the Arizona audit, same thing with Georgia, and same thing with Pennsylvania. If the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media were doing an unbiased job and actually sharing the information that is out there, if big tech corporations like Facebook and Twitter and all of those that we cry about all the time, if they were allowing accurate, honest information to flow, the entire opinion about election fraud and and thereby the 2020 election, people would have an entirely different opinion of it right now. So what is happening in Wisconsin that's causing me to go on such diatribes, ladies and gentlemen, again, here we go. So like I said, they just had this hearing in Wisconsin over the voter rolls. Okay. It was huge. A lot of findings coming out. Now, the whole context of what happened in Wisconsin, it was a, uh, it was a committee hearing that took place. Okay. Um, this was uh, the Wisconsin Committee on Campaigns and Elections. And it was uh, an hour-long hearing. So there have been two hearings now in Wisconsin, guys, that we should be paying attention to. Because while we have these hearings going on, we have other entities doing supposed audits and, uh, you know, reports that don't amount to crap, okay? But they're using these pseudo, these real fraudits, they're using these real fraudits to cover up what they're actually finding right now in the state of Wisconsin. Which is funny. Because right now, in the, it, it, between, between November 3rd and right now, what is happening in Wisconsin is relevant because it's in hearings and it's in the courtroom and it's under actual grand jury investigation. All of this is recycled, guys. Everything that is happening in Wisconsin right now is relevant because it is breaking into the courtrooms, into discovery, into testimony, into being under oath, into the science of current events and, uh, you know, um, occurrences. The scientific method of the jury court system is being applied to all of the um, conspiracy theory voter fraud that we've been talking about for over a year. That is why this is relevant now, more so than ever. And no one's reporting about it. Instead, we got things like the Glenn Maxwell trial here to distract us from it. Ah, do you see what I just did there? So it's, it's, it's amazing, guys. When you take a seat back and look at this, this story, all of this is recycled information, guys. All of this has been known since November 3rd, basically. November 4th, we figured this out, guys. And now the media and the law is catching up to it. This cycle, slow cycle of justice, guys. 
but they're ignoring it because with the information that they have, they can decertify the election. They don't even need to have an audit. This is the case in Wisconsin. This is the case in Georgia. This is the case in Pennsylvania. And I don't say, I don't say Arizona because they've done the audit. There is proof that there was fraud. 57,000 plus fraudulent voters and more in Arizona discovered, okay, beyond a shadow of doubt with the scientific method utilized in a forensic audit, okay, so they, they should have decertified Arizona already because of that. But Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin can be decertified today. They should have been decertified yesterday also based on what they're finding. Based on what they found in Racine County in Wisconsin that basically was evidence of widespread fraud in the entire state as perpetrated by the Wisconsin Election Commission who have been charged by the city and county of Racine for election fraud, they can decertify Wisconsin. It's already in the books. The law has enacted on this issue. And now we have Michael Gableman going after Zuckerbucks, Zuckerberg, and Racine, and Madison, and Green Bay, soon to include Kenosha and Milwaukee, I guarantee it. And now you have this hearing on voter rolls. So it's almost like what you have in Wisconsin is a... Maricopa County forensic audit, but deconstructed, okay? They did a deconstructed forensic audit. But man, you know, the Arizona forensic audit did not even touch the Center for Tech and Civic Life and Zuckerbucks. Arizona didn't even touch the Zuckerbucks. And you know Zuckerbucks went to Arizona also, guys. They didn't even touch it. But here we have Wisconsin totally totally deconstructed forensic audit. All of these things are being submitted to, you know, public court, law, public record. They can decertify Wisconsin, guys. They can decertify it. So this is what happens. Uh, This just happened about uh, two days ago. Well, no, 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 not two two days ago now. Three three days ago now on uh, Wednesday. Where we had this uh, committee on campaigns and elections. Again, being uh, being fronted by uh, Representative Jen Branchin. We'll go ahead and expand her photo there on the screen for you guys. Now, she's been the one who's been fighting for election integrity hardest in Wisconsin. Um, She actually had already had subpoenas ready to go. Jen Branchin, Representative Branchin, uh, she attempted to subpoena 
some of the counties in order to get her hands on the machines. And she got, she got struck down for that. Okay. But she has continued like, they're like, you can't do that. You know, Michelle Branch or Jen Branchin. This poor woman, guys, this poor woman needs help. Okay. She headed the hearing because she sits on the head of the committee of elections and campaigns in Wisconsin. So she headed this hearing. She needs help, guys. The hearing, the hearing was so depressing. Like, there's nobody there. Clearly, they've got terrible lighting. They look like they look like they are. They look like they are issuing this hearing out of a mausoleum. Okay. They have a uh, they have a software and database professional, an engineer come in and he's the one who actually reviews the voter rolls. His name is Jeff O'Donnell. Okay. And uh, just so you guys can get an idea of what I'm talking about. I'll show you. Okay. And I'll play this in the background while, um, while I, I tell you guys about this hearing. Okay. I'll expand it a little bit. So you have this is the hearing. I'm playing it like in the background. You have four representatives that help her. But look at poor Branchen. Look at how serious this, this entire thing is being taken. Look at that. Terrible lighting. Mausoleum style lighting. Very depressing. She, um, she, I think she handles it as best as she can, honestly. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and bring up some of the volumes so you can see what I'm talking about. Rubenstein, which had a large hand in the elections, had a large hand in the temperature. Uh, we just have a, a couple of emails here that we would like to talk about that were part of the 2020 elections. And what we have here is a series of emails, and they are all available on the representative branch and um, webpage, the www page. We have all of these emails between Claire Woodall Vogue and Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, which had a large hand in the elections in Green Bay, and then also a large hand in the elections Milwaukee and Racine and Kenosha as well. And so from an open records request, we are going through these emails and we find kind of a, a disturbing process. Milwaukee, we find that if we go to the emails, and here's Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, who's from New York, who has come from CTCL, a nonprofit that was get, basically came to the state of Wisconsin and gave $10 million to about five communities, Racine, Kenosha, Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay. And the conversation that they started having in as early of um, in as early as March, they're having conversations about how they can build how they can build a template for. Whoopsie! Sorry, guys, that turned off. Um, okay, now I wanted to play a second of that. Hold on, hold on, uh, Representative Branchin. Here's why I want you... Okay, so here's what I want... Okay, so what Branchin is doing now... This is why I say Branchin needs help, guys. She's all over the place, okay? She knows... Poor Representative Branchin. And you see her standing there in her tennis shoes. Like, girl, come on. Like, 
you need to take this seriously. You need to be out there in your... You need to be dressed to the nines. You need to have your game face on. You need to get your hair did. And you need to let these people know you mean business. She's all over the place, guys. Now, this is... Okay, this is a hearing where the main witness talks about the voter rolls, okay? They, this is what they dissect in this hearing is about the voter rolls and how that plays into fraud. And they're calling it possible fraud at this point in Wisconsin. A lot of, um, a lot of uh, discrepancies have been found here, guys, in this, in this hearing. But what is Representative Branchin talking about? Representative Branchin is telling the people at this hearing about what Michael Gableman is going after. So she's all over the place. I would say she needs to focus, but maybe she's also doing this on purpose. She could be doing it because she wants to get this information submitted to the record. They're talking about voter rolls and huge discrepancies in the voter rolls. That's what this hearing is about. But she's talking about emails between the mayors of Green Bay and Madison and the Center for Tech and Civic Living, which is the Mark Zuckerberg outfit that Michael Spitzer Rubenstein from New York comes in under that umbrella and runs these elections. Representative Branchin, okay, she, uh, maybe she's doing this because aside from a lack of preparation, she and, and a lack of support, okay, because the people who are sitting on this panel with her don't really ask any questions worth a damn to the witness who is sitting on this who's sitting in and testifying in this hearing, okay? They don't really ask any questions worth a damn. The only one who does is Representative Branchin. She's the only one, okay, that really digs into this. And she's doing a hearing on voter roll uh, discrepancies, and she's talking about she's talking about the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is what Michael Gableman is going after. Okay, that's a different prong on this attack. All right, against election fraud in Wisconsin, it's depressing. Okay, here let's let's finish up with this uh, opening real quick, and I'm just trying to show give you an example of what I mean by the, the when you look at how these hearings go. This is terrible, guys, but at least they're trying to get it out there. And this is this is the hearing that this other report came out to try and just like, you know, just curveball it off, you know, just knock it off the course. Just be like, well, have people talk about this report instead of the hearing where they find huge discrepancies in election fraud. Okay. Okay, let's finish this real quick because we got to hear what she's saying about the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is the Michael Gableman angle, which is the other part of this entire thing that I'm talking about. We'll get to it. Okay. And in August of 2020, they start having the conversation. That's terrible. I'm having a hard time seeing. They start having a conversation um, that they're going to use QuickBase. And the data analysis should be done by Monday, and we're going to get information. So Michael Spitzer-Rubenstein, a nonprofit from National Vote at Home, is having conversations with Claire Woodall-Vogg, who is the Milwaukee clerk, and having conversations about QuickBase and drop boxes and voters' and instructions and processes. As we go, they're pushing pretty hard. 
Michael Spitzer Rubenstein says, we're pushing hard to get the system up and running and I'll keep you updated. Michael Spitzer Rubenstein introduced himself to the WEC team, Reed Magny, um, Megan Wolf, Richard Radecki. They're all part of our WEC board, or excuse me, our WEC administrative staff. And they're reaching out. Okay, because Representative Branchen also needs to work on her diction. Okay, she's talking about the WEC team. That's the Wisconsin Election Commission team. Okay, these are the guys that just got charged by the uh, sheriff of Racine with election fraud. Okay, these emails that Representative Branchen is sharing with this hearing, we actually shared with you guys like back in May or something like that. Like I said, all of this is recycled news, but it's finally getting traction because it's going before the hearings, it's going before court, it's going before grand juries, and people are starting to pay attention. Had people paid attention to this information back in May, maybe we'd have a different story right now. Uh, I'm going to skip through the rest of these emails because we basically what she is doing here is she is showing everyone how the mayors of Green Bay and the mayors of uh, Racine and uh, Madison invited Michael Spitzer Rubenstein into their home to run their elections, which is in direct violation of the city charter and the state constitution, as well as the constitution of these United States of America. It offends all three of these laws what the mayors of these cities did in Wisconsin. That is what Representative Brangen is submitting to the audience right now. Um, I think the reason why you're not having people like Liz Harrington talk these points up as much is because this is an investigation that's going on with Michael Gableman. So Branchen. Let's let's get where we need to go. Let's talk about the voter rolls. Okay, that's why that is the witness that they brought to testify today in this hearing. That is where we should be focusing. But thank you for uh, sharing that information with us as well. Branchen for, you know, making sure that that is there. Okay. Okay, so. Along with that, I think another reason why she's bringing up Spitzer Rubenstein is because they then they made some kind of database using Wisconsin election information, voter roll stuff. uh, And and basically what they did is this representative from the National Vote at Home Institute, which works under the umbrella of Center for Tech and Civic Life. We did an entire episode on this. I'm going to do a replay of it. Too bad. It's going to happen now. We might have done that episode prior to being on Foxhole, so hey, it could work out. But we did an entire episode on this, uh, the, the entire breakdown. But what, what happens here now is under the umbrella of Center for Tech and Civic Life, Michael Spitz Rubenstein, who runs the elections in the Wisconsin Five, created a database using Wisconsin election voter roll information that was able to target the areas that were more likely to vote Democrat or progressive. And so they turned out the vote with the money that the Center for Tech and Civic Life gave to them, which was supposed to be used to make elections safe. And instead, they, they did it to prop up the progressive liberal Democrat left-leaning vote and to put out commercials and rap songs and stuff like that. So that's what happens here. Now we get to the, uh, that's, 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 that's what's going on there, guys. 
Now we get to where they talk about the voter rolls. Okay. And then we'll stop with this video. I just wanted to see you guys to see how badly this is being presented. Why they need help. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's depressing that you have one or two people out there who are literally fighting for our country and the people of Wisconsin. It's depressing. Look at what they're, look at what they're being given to fight with. Look at the utensils they're being given. It's sad. You have an incredible opportunity to ballot harvest in Milwaukee like we've never seen before with real-time opportunities to turn out only people, I guess, of certain colors. So these are the two things that were built with the help of the Milwaukee IT staff, with the help of Claire Woodall-Vogg, and more importantly, with money that came from CTL, CTCL and the partnerships that they felt that they had the ability to hand this material over um, we, we don't have any records of them having any, uh, any money exchange for this. And so we're under the impression that this was basically handed over so that they could build a website and build a handheld app that would allow them to create, honestly, the greatest opportunity for ballot harvesting in Milwaukee. So with that and the emails and the information from, that we have from this, I'm, I'm going to go to that. All right, thank you for your presentation. Committee members, any questions for Representative Branchen on her presentation? Had a cheating hair tie both ways. Yeah, I had a question and I'm trying to remember what it was because <laughs> it slipped my mind here in the last 30 seconds because I didn't write it down. Uh, we certainly so can come back when, to it, yeah. Yeah, so when you, when you started digging into this, uh, what, what would you say, and I know this is probably some speculation, what would you say was the overall goal of the creation? I'm focusing on the app in particular here, the, the phone app, because I assume that's where it was on. It looks like it was on a phone. Uh, so what, what, was the, what was the stated goal? Let's put it that way of putting this together? Were you able to glean that out of the emails? I believe the stated goal was allow them to um, add folks to the voters role directly and by doing it door to door. And to th put things in perspective, we are not aware and we certainly can stand corrected of any other group that had access, this API, this direct access into the WEC data vote other than the regular state process but that state process is something that's controlled by WEC. It, it's not a handheld application. And so this, this app, you, know, you put the information as you saw in here, because I mean, what this app is doing is basically registering somebody to vote. Is that accurate? That is statement? correct. Okay, so you put this information into the app, and then rather than having to go to the state-created website, it does that work for you. It's an alternative site that begs the question, who else had this kind of direct opportunity within the WEC database? Okay, and I think that's the key statement there is, is that you have an app that had access into WizVote. Mm -hmm. And what you said is that not, not everybody has that access. And I, I know that it normally costs money to do that. 
so you were, do you know what the costs are to for somebody to request ask access to that? So the information from the map of Milwaukee, if you wanted that real-time system every day, the updated list of absentee ballots, um, it would still be two to three days behind. But this allows them to have a real-time U.S. postal tracking service every day. And if you were to buy that service, it would probably cost you about $10,000 a day. The app process just being that what you're the handheld app, I think that's just a convenience issue. I don't know of anybody else that had that other than this group and the state site. Mm -hmm. And to get that API, you either had to get that from Wisconsin Election Commission or you had to steal it. I mean, so the question is how many more are handed out because I'm not aware of anybody else that had one. And, and so Pretty amazing, huh, ladies and gentlemen? So it begs the question, when do we get to the voter roll issues? Like, that's the hard data there, but you see what they're talking about? So we've had, and she was, she was the representative that was at the head of getting all of the GOP county uh, parties to sign on for a forensic audit or a cyber audit, Okay. That was like summertime, you know, fall time, you know, since then, don't know what happened to that. But then we had the Racine issue that happened. Now we have this happening. Now we have finally, finally, we're getting to the entire, entire Center for Tech and Civic Living and, uh, uh, and Michael Spitzer Rubenstein uh, issue, you know, finally that's being addressed. But doesn't that, does that, does this hearing not look so drab and depressing? You know, Representative Branchen does not realize how important the role that she's playing right now is. Like, this is history, right? This is, this hearing is one of the historical his, his, hearings, you know, and I kind of feel like, Maybe she just doesn't understand the entire depth and breadth because there's so many moving parts and it's so compartmentalized and it's they they stole the 2020 election with outright fraud so many different ways it is kind of hard to put all the pieces together. If you if you were to take a step back and look at all the various fraud across the entire country and the way that they, that they did it you can kind of begin to see the entire operation and machine and how all those parts affect and move with other parts. But maybe Senator, I mean, maybe Representative Branchen is not there yet. Maybe she just has the heart and the spirit to do it, but she, it's still barely tar starting to, uh, it's barely starting to, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, uh, um, um, gel it's starting to it's barely starting to gel in her mind and so you can't i mean she can't look at all of these pieces together but she's giving she's laying out all of them there okay so she's laying them out there then we get to the witness which is this guy here that guy is jeff o'donnell like i said now we're not going to actually listen to because we already listened to on more the more of the hearing than i had wanted to share with you guys initially but again this is this is the guy that they that brought in to do the audit of their voter rolls. They're attacking this from a lot of different angles, guys. Now, this is an informational hearing. So what you're getting out of this hearing, guys, is basically synonymous 
to the informational hearings that the Maricopa County, that the Arizona Senate, um, uh, Senator Fan, Karen Fan, the, inf- the informational hearings that they had prior to the actual audit report hearing. Okay, they had two. They had two informational hearings. One was informational about what they found, and one of them was to ask the Maricopa County uh, Board of Supervisors to explain their findings. In both of those hearings, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors were invited and did not attend. So this is an informational hearing. This guy's just laying out what he found in the voter rolls and he's expressing whether or not the discrepancy has enough of a red flag to merit an investigation, which they find they do. Okay. They find that they do. Uh, let me see. I can get to, let me see what we're going to do here now, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We are going to uh, close this out. We're going to hop over to... Is it this article? Oh, yeah, we're here. This is where we are. Okay, this is where we stand. That takes us back to the Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit has been absolutely marvelous about um, covering what's going on in Wisconsin. Like, Gateway Pundit's got the receipts on it. So that's why we're going to look at their website this afternoon. Because they have the receipts, ladies and gentlemen. So the Wisconsin Committee on Campaigns and Elections hearing was on Wednesday, like we said. Now, again, aside from all that, let's let's get to the voter roll information. Let's get to the voter roll information. Now, Liz Harrington, she tweeted out a whole bunch of stuff on this entire debacle. Again, finally, we're getting to the uh, meat and potatoes. We're getting to the Mark Zuckerberg CTCL interference. Now, here's, here's what she found. This is where we're talking about the voters, the uh, voter rolls. In Wisconsin, there are 119,283 active voters who have been registered for over 100 years. The number is over 500,000 when you add in inactive voters. The voter rolls are worthless. Third world country voter registrations is what we're seeing. And there's, again, a clip of the uh, Jeffrey O'Donnell guy. We have uh, 42,000 voters in Wisconsin who are currently listed as inactive in August of 2021 file, but voted in November of 2020. Jeff O'Donnell finds this as a major red flag for phantom voters, which is double the margin in the 2020 election scam. Plus, 97,000 active voters registered prior to 2016 never voted in any election but suddenly voted in 2020 and another 1,500 registered prior to 2011 have never voted, but somehow they voted in 2020. A very unusual red flag may indicate that votes are being cast in their names. So says Jeff O'Donnell. So with 97,000 people, 1,500 people, that's over 10,000 people. That's what, 1,600 Now, it's more than that, my bad. 16,000. Yeah. No, 11,000. My bad. <laughs> I am miscounting. 11,600. 
So that is a big, big question. The irregularities and red flags indicate a huge potential for nefarious actors to access the Wisconsin voter registration system and allow them to manipulate any voter statuses. Wisconsin officials gave this access to Mike Zuckerberg's Democrat operative, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein. Okay, that is where... Okay, so this informational hearing on the voter rolls gives gives Wisconsin legislature a reason to investigate. And the pincer move here, guys, is that Michael Gableman is actually investigating CTCL, Facebook, Mike, Michael Zuckerberg, Mike, Michael Spitzer, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Michael Spitzer, Rubenstein. That's a pincer move, guys. It's a pincer move. Good afternoon, Joyful June. Good to see you in the audience. Thanks for hanging out. And everyone else who is still hanging out with us on this uh, Saturday afternoon. Persnick, 123SKG, Railanon, and everyone else out there. So that brings us back to the question, ladies and gentlemen, about the um, report that came out that, that showed a lot of discrepancies, but no voter fraud. That's a total different report from what I just shared with you guys. That was a hearing. Now we have this report that came out. You know, uh, it says uh, this came from the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. This is a fraudit report. This is a poo-poo report. This is nothing to pay attention to, but everything that the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media wants you to pay attention to. Because this Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty organization did a uh, audit. The aftermath of the Wisconsin 2020 election has been marked by allegations that it was subject to widespread voter fraud. In their report, they say, Concerns have been raised about middle-of-the-night vote dumps, the conduct of election officials in various communities, the widespread adoption of vote-by-mail and absentee drop boxes, as well as allegations of votes being changed by voting machines. In a Marquette or Marquis Marquette University law poll conducted in 2021, nearly a year after the election, more than 70% of Republicans and 20% of independents reported a lack of confidence that the votes for president were accurately cast and counted in last year's election. Now, because of that, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty did this audit report when large numbers of voters questioned the authenticity of an election, their concerns, whether valid or not, need to be addressed. A group of researchers and attorneys at the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty engaged in an in-depth examination of the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Okay, what did they find? No evidence of widespread voter fraud. That's what they found. That's what the uh, Senate of uh, Wisconsin also found. Okay, or was it Michigan? Anyways, anyways, same, 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 same story. These guys didn't do a canvas. These guys did not do an inspection of every ballot. These guys did not even do an inspection of all of the electronic ballot images. And yet they find that there is no fraud beyond a shadow of a doubt. BS, okay? No one should be concerned with this. That's why we don't care. Now, we do have, interesting enough... One man, his name is uh, Schroeder, Jay Schroeder. This guy, this guy's jumping the gun a little bit. Now, I, I actually do appreciate his enthusiasm. This uh, Jay Schroeder, just a moment, guys. 
But uh, he, he's jumping the gun a little bit for himself. He is a candidate for Secretary of State. Which, hey, that's great. Is this guy an America First candidate? I don't know. I've never heard of Jay Schroeder. But Jay Schroeder, he's, he's running for Secretary of State. Don't forget, they currently have a guy by the name of Lafoyette or LaFollette as their Secretary of State in Wisconsin, which, you know, all of this stuff is moving forward with election fraud in Wisconsin, which is great. Under LaFollette, LaFoyette. Jay Schroeder, though, Jay Schroeder's like, we need to recall the 2020 slate of electors based on everything that's going on now. Now, Jay Schroeder, if we can get the Gableman stuff to stick, if we can get this hearing to actually become newsworthy, I'm all for it. They can definitely decertify Wisconsin with all of this information. Third time's a charm, right? That this news has recycled itself, but now it has a little bit more, uh, a little bit more grasp, right? Here's what Jay Schroeder says out of Wisconsin politics. Jay Schroeder says, Schroeder campaign, recall state electors for Wisconsin from the Electoral College, dissolve Wisconsin Election Commission. Jay Schroeder is singing my tune here for Wisconsin. That's exactly what they should do. Bet you that's what they do. Secretary of State candidate Jay Schroeder calls for the electors of Wisconsin for the 2020 presidential election to be rescinded. Having read opinions from inside of Madison and from outside of Madison, there is no alternative but to take this serious action to protect our representative republic in Wisconsin. Having watched the presentation of our election with the following examples, here we go, 9,700 active voters registered to prior, prior to 2016, never voting in any election until 2020. 1,500 registered voters prior to 2011, never voting in any election until 2020. 42,000 voters in Wisconsin who are currently listed as inactive in August 2021 were active just in November of 2020. So what? In a period of what? A few months, 42,000 people simultaneously became inactive? Right. So because of that, Jay Schroeder is calling for a recall of the electors. I agree with him a thousand percent. But Jay Schroeder, unfortunately, we can't be sounding that crazy this soon. We can't jump the gun, guys. But uh, a statement like that will do great for his election bid. I'll say that for sure. I will say that for sure. Let's not forget this, guys. Jay Schroeder's got all of Jay Schroeder's got all of the points in the bag. He says this also. The Racine County Sheriff has charged five of the six members of the Wisconsin Election Commission with a felony, charged with the felony. 265,000 ballots were cast without an ID, which is required. More than 70% of Republicans and 26% of independents reported lack of confidence. I mean, other than the fact that this article could have been written a little bit better, I'm talking about the grammar and the uh, punctuation. Uh, sorry, copyright editorial notes. Uh, this article's right on it with the, the Jay Schroeder. Jay Schroeder. Hmm. I'm going to write that name down, guys, because like I said, like you guys are very well aware, we're talking about Mission SOS, hashtag Mission SOS, hashtag Mission Secretary of State. Jay Schroeder, maybe he could be the America First candidate to join the Secretary of State Coalition. Jay Schroeder, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this guy here. 
But uh, yeah, getting a little bit ahead of yourself, but on the right mark, okay? Now, we also have this here coming out of the Azaki, Azoki County Republican Party. They, too, are calling on an investigation of the Wisconsin Election Commission database because now... Since the Wisconsin Election Commission and the mayors of the Wisconsin Five allowed the Center for Tech and Civic Life to have Democrat operatives enter into their databases and their systems, we might as well get an investigation going. We got a stew going. Uh, It says here, whereas fair and accurate elections are the foundation of American government and whereas the people of Wisconsin have a state constitutional right of suffrage, that protects our vote from manipulation, dilution, and other abuse, and whereas the people of Wisconsin have an absolute federal right to vote in free and fair elections for the elected officials who managed who managed their government without fear of disenfranchisement or dilution, whereas local, county, and state officials have a duty to the people who elected them to conduct fair, unbiased, and accurate elections for public office and others other matters put before the voters and whereas the Wisconsin Election Commission has the statutory duty to manage and operate the state voter roll database system accurately, fairly, and for the benefit and use of all other local municipal and county clerks in Wisconsin, whereas the Azaki County Municipal Clerks and Azaki County Clerk rely on the WEC voter roll database system for the administration of elections in Ozaki County, and whereas it was revealed in testimony before Wisconsin Assembly Elections Com- Committee on December 8th, 2021, that are, there are serious structural and data security issues in the Wisconsin Election Committee database system that strongly suggest the database may have been manipulated for political advantage by unknown persons, and whereas it was revealed in testimony before the Wisconsin Assembly Campaigns and Elections Committee that certain partisan operatives may have had direct access to the Wisconsin Election Committee voter data during the November 2020 election and may have continued to have direct access to this data while GOP candidates and organizations were required to pay tens of thousands of dollars to access outdated data during the election cycle. Ladies and gentlemen, the whereases do not stop. I'm telling you guys... If these stories were to gain the traction that they need, this would be over with, guys. We are the news, so let's let's share the news. Let's spread the news. I don't. You don't need to give the C report credit. I don't care. I don't care if you say you heard this information here on the C report. That doesn't matter. This story needs to get out there. Okay. These, these, the, we're, we're on the third go round with these stories. Do we get this? Is it setting in that this is the third time these stories have come up? This is the second or third time we are sharing these stories with you guys here at the Sea Report. For those of you joining us for the first time in the podcast audiences, welcome. We talk about the reality of election fraud here at the Sea Report. We talk about the reality of what's really going. We address reality here at the Sea Report. Okay, guys, this is real. This is the stuff that we are getting removed from from big giant social media platforms because they don't want you talking about election fraud. And this is real data. This is real hearings. This is science. The science of current events and you know uh, news. Presented in the court of law, presented through grand juries, presented through public hearings, 
And uh, the dull-minded American population out there doesn't want to hear it, but we are not going to stop talking about it at the Sea Report. Welcome to the conversation if you're joining us over at the podcast. You want to hear about the real, real? You're going to hear about it at the Sea Report, guys. Now let's wrap up this story. Oh my goodness. I just realized I promised you guys, Ghislaine Maxwell, we're already at the second hour. So I'm going to have to apologize and and we'll get to Ghislaine Maxwell on the next episode of the Sea Report. I promise you guys. But we're already at the, the head of the second hour. We gotta, we're going to wrap up Wisconsin. Dang, how did I get so long-winded on this episode? We're not even going to get to talk about Georgia. We'll talk about that on the next episode. There's plenty to talk about, guys. We need to continue to uh, disseminate this, uh, this information, to share the storyline, and we're going to do it in a cogent, coherent, and, uh, and uh, secutive fashion here at the Sea Report. Let's wrap up Wisconsin so we can get all of these fine parts together. Again, this is all old news that has once again hit the mainstream independent news cycles in an attempt to break into the mainstream, mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media news circuit. Head of Wisconsin election probe accuses two big city mayors of cover-up and stonewalling. This is the other prong of Wisconsin coming from just the news. This is the Michael Gableman story, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we were. Ta- this is what Representative Branchin was talking at the head of that hearing. Okay, this is where Michael Gableman comes in, guys. He is c- accusing two big city mayors of covering up and stonewalling this investigation. The former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice leading probe singled out the mayors of Madison and Green Bay. We just talked about this, guys. A former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice who is leading one of the investigative investigations into the state's 2020 elections says it's clear to him there is a cover-up going on. Okay, let me expand this story for you guys (coughs) who are watching on the live stream. Former Justice Michael Gableman told the Assembly's Committee on Elections on Wednesday that the state's election commission, its administrator, and the mayors of Madison and Green Bay have refused to answer any of his questions about the Mark Zuckerberg-funded Center for Tech and Civic Life and continue to refuse to cooperate with subpoenas issued in the case. Green Bay Mayor Eric Genrick and Madison Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway have chosen to ignore the subpoenas issued by Wisconsin Assembly because they have no intention of answering uncomfortable questions about what they did with the millions of dollars in Zuckerberg money that they took. The mayors have said in the past the Gableman's subpoenas ask for too much information or that it would take too long to comply with his requests, so may as well just not comply. Green Bay and Madison, along with Milwaukee, Racine, and Kenosha, accepted nearly $9 million from the CTCL in 2020, ostensibly for coronavirus safety operations that has since been debunked. Gableman on Wednesday said the money instead went to a massive get-out-the-vote operations in the state's five largest and most Democrat cities. Reasonable minds might wonder whether the millions of dollars each of these mayors received from Zuckerberg may have induced them to do something other than treat all candidates fairly and impartially 
and whether those mayors used the Zuckerberg money to get out the vote for Joe Biden. Gableman said a lawsuit from the Wisconsin Elections Commission and the move by Green Bay's mayor to lawyer up tells him that people involved with the CTCL money in Wisconsin and involved in last year's elections don't want those questions answered. They are trying to run and hide from accountability to the citizens they are supposed to serve, Gableman told the lawmakers. Why go through all of this legal evasion, maneuvering, and expense unless they do not want the public to know what they have done? Gableman is facing a lawsuit from Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call that seeks to stop his investigation. Now, this is important. Josh Call, Attorney General George Soros, from the same time the uh, Secretary of State project existed, the same time period Soros was going after the Attorney Generals, the Secretaries of State, and the, uh, the state DAs, the District Attorneys and Prosecutors, doesn't it make sense that one of George Soros' stooges, one of his pawns, Josh Cole, would be going after Gableman, which tells me that this is real, guys. This is real. This is not, this is not one of those moments where we have a fake investigation going on. This is not one of those moments where we have a fraud it going on. This is one of those moments where you have a Arizona Maricopa County forensic audit happening. This is one of those moments happening right now. You have the state AG going after an investigator into this. This is real, guys. This is drama, real drama happening right in front of our eyes with Wisconsin. They have thwarted every effort to do any type of forensic or election audit in Wisconsin, or they've done outright fraudits hosted by one speaker, Rhino Robin Voss. And now Robin Voss has been forced to sick a real bulldog, a real pit bull on this case by President Trump. And they are still trying to thwart it, guys. And no one is talking about these stories. Thank goodness Liz Harrington, Trump's right-hand woman, did an entire, uh, you know, stream or what is it called? Thread on this on her public platforms, her social media platforms. Someone's trying to get this information out there. Okay, someone is at least. But, uh, and there's no better platform or mouthpiece than uh, a President Trump mouthpiece to talk about this stuff. Which is why I'm grateful for it. Okay, so... Uh, the case of Attorney General George Soros, Josh Call, going after Gableman, goes before a uh, judge on December 23rd. So right before Christmas, right before Christmas, Gableman on Wednesday unveiled for the first time on Wednesday that he filed writs of attachment in Waukesha County Court against Genrick and Rhodes Conway. So yes, guys, we've been talking about this for over a week now. All right. This is the Michael Gableman prong to go along with that informational hearing that Representative Branchin covered up. I mean, uh, covered, not covered up, covered. All right. And then finally, what do we have here? Dispute over Zuckerberg's election bucks likely headed to court after Wisconsin regulators' decision. And this is just stupid. Because the Wisconsin Election Commission, the one who has just been charged with uh, voter fraud in the state of Wisconsin, 
by the sheriff of Racine County. They think that everything was good with the Zuckerbucks. Of course, Wisconsin Elections Commission, no one's going to listen to you because you've just been charged with voter fraud. That is what's up there. Not so much there. Okay. So, yeah. Who cares what they have to say? The Thomas More Society. Yeah. Yeah, the Thomas More Society has been fighting this also for a year or more. So, anyways, guys, that is that. Yeah. The uh, Wisconsin Commission rejects claims that grants to the cities were illegal. Okay, blow it out, Wisconsin Commission, because uh, we, ladies and gentlemen, are not about to hear it. Okay, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this afternoon. Thank you for hanging out with us for a special Saturday edition of The Sea Report. Had to get it out there because we had a lot of technical difficulties the last two days. We will be back, um, as I talked about, guys, at the head of the show when we were doing a little bit of housekeeping. We got the C-Report. Lone Star News, don't worry, guys. It will be back. Looking forward to having a special guest on with me when we return. So hopefully we can get that going soon. And... uh, Hang out with us over at the podcast at anchor.fm slash the C report. You can subscribe for free. You can become a uh, monthly donor. Don't forget, guys, when you subscribe to the C report, it's free on any podcast player or platform that you prefer, except for iHeart. We're not on iHeart, but we're on everyone else. Um, but if you become a donor to the podcast at just 99 cents a month, you will get. 20 episodes of the Sea Report at minimum. You will get four episodes of Lone Star News at minimum. And you will get four episodes of Mr. C in the Dark at minimum for 99 cents a month. Or you can donate $4.99 or $9.99. All of it helping us uh, sustain our show and into the future. As we have more broadcasting coming out, we are hammering it hard with the secretaries of state and we are working on getting some stuff going for that as well. Some special presentations, maybe some special panels, maybe some special interviews for that, guys. So please, your support helps when you uh, give a little to our Cash App or our PayPal accounts, when you uh, throw some gold pills our way. We appreciate the support and uh, you're helping us to continue growing this platform, especially now as I have a lot of uh, as we have a lot of flux and transition about uh, the future of this broadcast station. Ladies and gentlemen, if you if you enjoy the news and if you enjoy the work that I do here and I know some of you guys do because, you know, our numbers are showing uh, a good rise in that regard. The numbers are there. The rest is slowly catching up, okay? Because we're real, guys. And we don't cater to one platform or the other. We've got a huge audience to tackle. 
It's called The World. <laughs> it is called The World, and it is called Everybody Out There, okay? So, you know, our main proprietors are is our audience, okay? Our main proprietors is our audience, and we don't confine ourselves to any networks. We're not elitists here. We're not special like that. But, ladies and gentlemen, always immensely appreciated to that point one two three skg thank you donating 2900 gold pills thank you so much for that generous donation to the show and thank you for always being in the audience i hope you guys are having a great rest of your saturday afternoon uh i'm thinking you know like uh we'll probably do a c i mean we'll probably do a mr c in the dark sometime this evening for anyone who wants to join us, get the real deal, holy filled. We'll see what's up for tonight, guys. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a great night, a great rest of your Saturday. Be safe, be blessed. God bless America. We'll see you on the next edition of The Sea Report. And don't forget, check us out at anchor.fm slash The Sea Report or our website, thecereport.com. Take care until next time. And uh, God bless America. We'll see you then.